Hello and welcome to Sharp China. I'm Andrew Sharp, and you are listening to a free preview of today's episode. But my point is, this kind of uproar in Canada. Um, if it were to happen here in the U.S. in the current environment, it would be really pretty nasty.、Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it has. I, I, I don't.、Um, you know, I, I, I'm not saying it has, and I have no seen no evidence it has. But it, it's worth paying attention to what's going on up, up north because、um, there probably are some lessons for the U.S. in here. Right, man. Oh, man. Election interference scandals are not what we need right now, given the state of the relationship on. Basically, every other front.、Um, but speaking of that relationship, the Financial Times reported that several people familiar with the situation said that Tsai, the president of Taiwan, and Kevin McCarthy had agreed to meet in the United States because of Taiwanese security concerns. The California Republican had said last summer he wanted to visit the country if elected to the top leadership post in the House. So, generally speaking, what's your reaction to the news that this this meeting is going to be happening in Washington instead of Taipei? Well, it's going to be happening in the U.S. Not necessarily Washington. Oh, that's right. Sorry.、Um, so we had talked about this a few episodes ago. I think we talked about how I've been hearing that maybe he wasn't going to going to make it、um, to Taiwan, or at least not in the near term.、Um, you know,、uh, the first reaction a lot of people was, "Oh, this will lower the temperature. This is a sort of we're dodging the dodging a bullet in the already very fraught U.S.-China relationship." Maybe, maybe not. It, it depends really on how President Tsai is treated when she comes to the U.S. Does she meet with U.S. officials? You know, we had the thing a couple weeks ago where you had a whole bunch of、uh, the, the Taiwan foreign minister and security advisor were in the D.C. area and they met with、uh, and were filmed meeting or with very senior Biden administration officials.、Um, it could it could get actually dicier than a visit to Taiwan by, by McCarthy, depending on. Whether or not she meets with senior Biden officials, the speech at the Reagan Library, you know, in nineteen was in nineteen. I'm just reading here to get nineteen ninety five. Then Taiwan President Lee Dong Hui came to the U.S. to give a speech at Cornell as alma mater, and、right. you know the Clinton administration had said they wouldn't give him a visa. Then they gave him a visa. Chinese got really upset, and that started、um, the sort of the Taiwan crisis. That Taiwan crisis around ninety five ninety six, and so I would not. Assume that a president's high visit to the U.S. and meeting with McCarthy in the U.S. is going to lead to sort of no significant reaction to the PRC side. We'll see,、mm-hmm. but I don't think it necessarily reduces、um, a lot of the danger. It is interesting because the Taiwan side would definitely understand that meeting in the U.S. might not be seen as sort of a, a, a compromise from the from the,、right. from the PRC side. And so, in some ways, are they trying to push this back on the U.S. and get the? I mean, it's you got to wonder, like, what what's the Taiwanese calculation for this? Yeah, well, and it is an important detail that it's not going to happen in D.C., which would be even more inflammatory.、Um, but it, you you mentioned that this could be a replay of what we saw in '95, and I'll just say, for my part, it, it was a formative experience for me learning more about the U.S.-China relationship. To read about that controversy in 1995, so I want to get your recollections of what actually happened. I will read just a summary of the background in case anyone's not familiar with what happened. The crisis began when President Lee Dong-wei accepted an invitation from his alma mater, Cornell, to deliver a speech on "quote Taiwan's democratization experience." A year earlier, in 1994, when President Lee's Plane had stopped in Honolulu to refuel after a trip to South America. 
the U.S. government under President Bill Clinton refused Lee's request for a visa. Lee had been confined to the military airfield where he landed, forcing him to spend a night on his plane. A U.S. State Department official called the situation embarrassing, and Lee complained that he was being treated as a second-class leader. After Lee had decided to visit Cornell, U.S. Secretary of State Warren Christopher assured the PRC foreign minister that a visa for Lee would be, quote, inconsistent with the U.S.'s unofficial relationship with Taiwan. However, the humiliation from Lee's last visit caught the attention of many pro-Taiwan figures in the U.S., and this time, Congress acted on Lee's behalf. In May 95, a concurrent resolution asking the State Department to allow Lee to visit the U.S. passed the House with a vote of 396 to 0 and passed the Senate with a vote of 97 to 1. The State Department relented on May 22, 1995, and Lee visited in June and gave his speech at Cornell. So with that as the background, what do you remember about the Chinese response to all of it? Well, I mean, you know, you have to remember that China, then the PLA 20, good God, 28 years ago, 27 years ago. That's sobering. (laughs) um, Was a lot weaker and less capable than it is today. Mm -hmm. And so the Chinese, you know, they puffed and puffed. They fired some missiles that overflew Taiwan. It turned out they didn't have warheads and some dum-dum in the Taiwan um, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was the Taiwan president, but some senior Taiwan official basically said they didn't have warheads. Um, and only a few people in the PRC knew that. And then they arrested and executed a spy for Taiwan. Um, oh God. Yeah. I mean, it was, but, but the point was, is that there wasn't really much the PLA, the PRC could do right. other than make a show. Whereas now I think there's a lot more things they can do around Taiwan in cyber, just there's a lot of stuff they can do to express their displeasure. We saw some of it last August um, and some of it's continued since then, since the Pelosi uh, visit. Um, so, and you know, the other thing is these, these sort of, some of the smarter folks who followed this for a long time, they're talking about sort of last summer, was it a new Taiwan crisis and made the point that these crises historically, they're not like a weekend. They last for months or over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, don't yet know the details of of her visit. We don't know how they're going to react, but I would caution people to assume that her coming here instead of McCarthy going to Taiwan is going to be seen as less provocative from the Beijing perspective than you know it's just it just there's a lot of potential here for a pretty nasty uh, period around her visit. Yeah, and I was reading about the 95 visit in the context of Pelosi's trip last summer and I remember just being taken aback at how Hence, the relationship became after what's essentially a speech at Cornell. It wasn't like a speech to the United States Congress right. or something. And it's right. still and so, escalated. So, and so, I mean, again, one thing with, with her visit, her, this, this, what the FT and then Reuters also reported this potential visit to the U.S. as she's transiting through. I think she's going to visit a handful of the countries that still recognize Taiwan in Central America, you know. Is a speech at the Reagan Library going to be enough for folks on Capitol Hill? Are they going to want her to come to D.C. or talk to Congress? Or I mean, there's just there's the potential for a lot of things that um, could raise the tensions, at least from Beijing's perspective, and, and lead Beijing to make things more tense. So when you say that, are you envisioning like military exercises in the Taiwan Strait? Or I don't know. okay, I mean, it, I think I think a reaction like this is the question like. 
McCarthy going to Taiwan, he's not the same party as the president. Did the Chinese then sort of discount that because of that fact where it's harder for Biden to say, no, don't mm. go? Um, or do they don't care and it's the Speaker of the House and therefore they and there's been all these, you know, it's almost like there's a weekly DC to Taipei shuttle. I mean, there's so many congressional delegations visiting. Is it the do they feel like this is we have to do something to make it clear to the Americans that they need to stop these kinds of contacts? We've been saying, you know, the Chinese side has been saying for a while you have to stop these contacts. Will they actually have to escalate to make the point that it's too dangerous? Mm-hmm. And clearly the reaction to the Pelosi visit hasn't stopped the US congressional delegations or or parliamentary delegations for other countries. So I think if the Beijing side sees this as at least as provocative of the Pelosi visit, I think it'll be hard for them to just do something at the same level as they did in August, that they'll probably have to step it up. Um, What that stepping up involves, again, um, more flights, more crossings of the, the, I mean, the the sort of the center line in the Straits is basically gone now. Um, More encircling of Taiwan, more practice of a blockade, something around cyber. I mean, there's a lot of stuff they can do short of something actually kinetic. But again, my point, my point is just to listeners, to readers, I talked about a newsletter a little bit yesterday, just let's not assume that I thought some people say, oh, this dodges a bullet. I think it's way too premature to conclude that. Yeah, I was wondering about whether they would seize on Taiwan more than try to penalize the US for a meeting like that and like the blockade scenario and sanctions or what have you. Um, We'll wait and see, but it is uh, a good sort of word of caution because my first reaction to seeing that they were meeting in the US was sort of a sigh of relief, but um, who knows what what could uh, yeah. emerge. And, 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 you know, nothing has been confirmed that, you know, we don't, it, you know, this has certainly been rumored for a while. Um, I've been hearing it. I put it in the, the February 8th newsletter where I said that it sounds like McCarthy might not be going anytime soon, but Again, we don't have any of the specific dates of Ty's visit, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But I think, it again, it goes back to the beginning of the conversation today. <laughs> we're, we're not in any position where we're seeing a sort of stabilization or a changing of the downward trajectory in the U.S.-China relations, mm-hmm. is my view. In fact, I think the comments from Xi yesterday and Xi Gong today are, should be seen as an indication that things are going to get worse. All right. And that's the end of the free preview. If you'd like to subscribe and receive full episodes of this show, you can do that in two ways. First, you can go to sinicism.com and sign up for Bill's newsletter, which will also give you access to all of our Sharp China shows. Or if you want to receive all our Sharp China episodes, along with daily analysis of the tech business from Ben Thompson, several other podcasts about technology and more shows that we'll be adding in the months to come, you can click the link in your show notes and subscribe to Stratechery Plus. 